welcome to the Engage Church Duluth podcast, where together we are learning to love God and people better. You'll find links, notes, and insights that go along with this episode at the link in our podcast description and on our website at engagechurchduluth.com. We're so glad you're joining us today. So I'm Pastor Josh, this is Engage Church. For those of you who don't know, Tim, I'm going to ask you to stay up here just for a moment. And um, I am just, uh, it's a blessing to be a part of this church. That's all I got to say. I love being the pastor of this church. This is a church that I would attend if I wasn't. My wife and I talk about that often as we just love you guys. It's a blessing to be here. It's even better when it's nice and sunny in Duluth in the wintertime. We don't get many of those days, right? But something that we're trying to accomplish here is, listen, if this is your first time here, you know, be as comfortable as you can. I get it. There's things that are happening around you, and, and it might be like, what, what's really going on? Why are they passing this along? Or why is that person walking in the back filling up coffee? Just feel free to do that. There's restrooms out in the back. You know, just be comfortable. We're going to go into a message here in a moment. But one thing is, is that this isn't all for nothing. Like, we get together, and we want to worship But we're also a local church that we want to connect people with God, and we want to connect people with the church family, and we also want to see fully committed followers of Jesus. Not just people that believe in Jesus, but people that live out their life in the name of Jesus. And so Christmas season is just an awesome time. There's there's really five things that we tried to do here who we're trying to become, people that we try to encourage uh, to be, we inspire to be. And, And just two of those things are we want to serve from our passions and our giftedness. Right? Like, that's, to me, I am not really, well, I love kids, but my passion really isn't kids ministry, right? So, so I stay down here and I do this. (laughs) Um, But some of us, we just have a heart for that. We have a passion for that. We have a gifting for that. And, and we praise God for that. And so we want to serve from our gift, giftedness and our passions. But then also, we want to live generous lives. We want to be a generous people. Because to be honest with you, that's two things that the world does not see very often, and and is is service and generosity. And we just believe that that can connect a community. It can bring us together. In 2019, we're going to be talking a lot about when Jesus said that it is better to give than it is to receive. And that's going to kind of be the fingerprint of our entire year of service and generosity. And we're going to talk about what that looks like in our lives and how we can pour out into a community that needs Jesus. Amen. I mean, there's some people that need Jesus out there. And, and I believe that he put this local church here for that. And so I'm thrilled this morning that Pastor Tim has something to share that actually allows us as a local church to live that out in our community very soon here in the next few weeks. So go ahead and... Awesome. Yeah, we are really excited about this. Put the timer on for this, please. Oh, sorry, that wasn't supposed to be... (laughs) We are really excited about this opportunity that we have as a church. Uh, We were contacted by Lake Superior Life Care Center, and they asked us if we would be interested and willing to take on a family through the uh, uh, the Christmas season and be able to bless them. And uh, the leadership got together and we talked about it. And we said, of course, we would love to do that. That fits exactly with our mission. And so uh, they assigned us a family. And it's really cool because it's a family that's in West Duluth. And uh, they actually have nine children. Three of them are out of the house. And they are expecting their 10th child 
in, uh, in January. Um, and it's a family. We don't know a lot about them uh, because of uh, privacy issues and things like that. Uh, so we don't know a lot about them. We, but we do know that they're a family that is really um, uh, needing to be blessed this Christmas. And uh, we have that opportunity to do that. So what we're going to do, and I'm, I, I hate to bore you with a lot of the logistics, but it's kind of important for you to understand the process. So back at the welcome table, we have a Christmas tree set up. And what, what we've got going on is they've given us some suggestions for gifts, okay? Uh, and so for each of the, I don't think we're doing it for the three grown children that are out of the house. It's for the six children that are in the house and then the baby that's coming and then the mom and dad. Uh, so we have uh, uh, options of three different ideas for gifts and we want to be able to bless them with that. And so there's cards uh, on this Christmas tree. And so we want you to go back after the service this Sunday, if, if God's calling you to do that. And if you want to go out and actually physically get a gift for that, you can do that. Or you can just contribute money to that. Now, as we prayed about what, how, how we want to do that, we actually felt like from Engage's general um, budget, we wanted to... Uh, also be a part of this. We want you guys to be a part of it, but we also want you to know that that the leadership of Engage is behind that. So what we've done is we've budgeted $1,000 out of our general offering, uh, general, and, and we want to match whatever you guys do with that. So uh, what you can do is you can choose to actually take one of these cards, go out, physically buy that gift for them, or you can donate money, and and we will then, or some different people within Engage will go out, so we make sure that we have all of that. And and then what we want to do is we want to go over and above that. So that's where this, this additional. We want to be able to bless that family beyond these gifts. And so with the additional money that comes in, we're going to go out and we're going to get some gift cards for some practical things like food and gas and things like that. But we also want to be extravagant with that. We're going to get them some gift cards to some restaurants that are probably over and above what they normally do. Some things where they can just feel like God is blessing them today. So we want to just go all out with this. But this is something that you guys have to do as well. We're not going to do it all. So I'm just, I'm asking you guys to consider it, to pray about it. Now the other thing, and this, I don't mean for this to sound negative because it isn't. But this needs to be over and above what you guys are already contributing to Engage. If you take money that you are going to give to Engage and you go and do this with it, it really doesn't, it, it doesn't benefit the way we want it to be. So we want you guys to, to go over and above what you normally would be giving at this time and just seek God for that, that point of generosity. So we're asking you to do that. And we are just really excited about it. So what we'll do is we'll keep track of who has, has taken different cards so that we know because we want to make sure when it's all said and done. We want these gifts also so that there isn't a big range of that. We want those gifts to all be right in the $20 range, okay? So that way we know that we're being fair with all of the kids and all of that. So if you're going to do that, if you're going to take a, a card or two cards or whatever, just plan that you need to do $20 or $40 or whatever on that, um, and then if you do a gift, we want you to bring it back here or if you unwrap, if you are going to be at the Ugly Sweater um, evening, I think that's on the 19th yep. here at the Engage, or I mean at, at the Clyde, 
um, we're going to then do all the wrapping of these presents and do all of that. And then on the 23rd, our Christmas Eve uh, Sunday that we're doing here, uh, we're going to have all of those gifts on the platform here so you guys can see that the awesome opportunity that we have had. We are just so excited about this. So if you've got any questions on this, if there's anything that I've said that's confusing, and I'm guessing that it is, at back at the, at the table, we're going to have several people afterwards to kind of help you with that. Come up and ask us questions. We'll help you guide through that. We know we don't have a lot of time, and unfortunately, that's the way it is with all this stuff at this particular time of the year, is it kind of comes all at one time. So we've only got a couple of weeks to get all of this done, so we really need you guys to kind of step up and help us with this. So thank you. We are just so excited for this. Just awesome opportunity. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Thank you, Pastor Tim. Uh, Tim is uh, a blessing to this church. I know that he does a lot of things behind the scenes, but to be honest with you, he really keeps track of just kind of trends uh, financially and what we're able to do uh, gener uh, in our generosity and things like that. And so he has to kind of be thinking about the whole year and some things that we're trying to project. And then I'm the guy that's just like, let's do this, let's do that, let's do this. And so, um, yeah, he has a tough job, but he gets that done uh, fairly well. And, uh, or really well, not fairly well. I mean, really well. He's good. So we need to be praying for Tim, and, and uh, he's a blessing to, to what we do here. So welcome, you guys, on Facebook Live. It's good to see you here this morning. And it's just awesome. Isn't it cool to see what God's doing through this local church called Engage? It's awesome, and you guys are all a part of it. So it's, it's just a wonderful thing. You want to know something that's happened to me, oh, I don't know, three times this year? Is um, you're going to see how well prepared I was because... My notes are completely gone right now, so let's, uh, let's just go, and um, this is going to be really thrilling and exciting. So, um, we've been talking about this, um, this nightmare before Christmas. We've been having this conversation. However, my notes are gone, I am prepared with two different versions of the Bible, so we are golden here this morning. We're going to get this done. Um, so... We've been talking about this nightmare before Christmas, and the reality of it is, like, let's be honest, right? Like, all around us in our culture, Christmas time, this season, the new year, it's supposed to be like this joyous time. And I'm not here to be Mr. Rain Cloud, but I think the reality of it is, it just, for something, some reason along this season, uh, throughout the entire year, maybe around like your birthday too, but it just gets us thinking um, about things that, you know, maybe we're another year older, we're a little bit farther in debt, maybe, maybe we're just not quite where we thought we would be at this point in life, and it can really just kind of be a nightmare, right? Like, that's kind of the undercurrent. It can just be a nightmare. Some of us, we're just, maybe we're up here, we're at school, and we're aware from family for the first time, and that's a nightmare, right? Some of us are dealing with financial issues. Some of us are dealing with things like addiction. Other things get even more personal, like you've just got diagnosed with something that's an illness that's just very scary. It could be a nightmare around this time of year. And so we just want to talk about that and, and talk about how we can respond to that. And... Um, I'm excited for that today. So I have some pictures here. Uh, I, I did a little bit of research, and I'm going to be honest with you. It wasn't like hard research. It was just kind of a quick little Google. But, uh, you know, I was thinking about toys. Uh, you know, we're, we're always buying toys this time of year. And, and I know my favorite toy was these army men, like the little army guys. I know it's kind of weird because they're just the little plastic things, but I love those things. And you could, like, throw water balloons at them, shoot them with a BB gun, do a lot of things with them. It was really fun. Um, 
so that, that was kind of my favorite. Well, I found out that actually it was 1938 that they actually uh, made those. Those little green army guys. Anybody know like the Toy Story, best characters on Toy Story? If you ever seen those movies, like the general, all that good stuff. Um, so it just got me thinking. I looked at some of these uh, different toys. So I just, I got some pictures up here and I just want to kind of tell you about these. Maybe it'll bring back some memories for some. Some it won't. But our first one is... Josh, way to go. Yeah, some of these are a little grainy. That's just me at five in the morning putting some pictures up. But Cabbage Patch dolls, first of all, a little bit creepy. Can we just be honest here this morning? I mean, my sister's had that, but hey, let's think of some babies that grow out of this cabbage leaf. I don't know what that's all about, but anyhow, Cabbage Patch dolls, some of you might remember them. And the eyes, it's like, what's going on there? How about the original G.I. Joes, huh? Any G.I. Joes out there? All right. Next one. We got, uh, oh, there's the original G.I. Joe. Look at him, just all manlike. Looks like Tim, Pastor Tim with a bazooka gun right there. Ready? All right. Oh, then we got, of course, I was happy to see this because they have the Star Wars figurines. That's been something since, like, the 1920s that's actually, like, out of the, you know, average of toys that are being sold, Star Wars figurines. So those are coming back. Oh, how about the, uh, what is this, Viewmaster? Is that what those things are called? Yep, that was our digital way of seeing, you know, whales and whatever else was on there. They were always at the dentist. Super soakers, those things were sweet. And mom and dad, if you're watching, you did not get that for me the one year that I put that down. But anyhow, and then this is Tim's favorite. It's uh, one of those make and bake uh, little ovens, or what are those things called again? Easy bake ovens. Yeah, Pastor Tim loves these things too. And then I think, uh, oh, Barbie. Yeah, I think if we all had to say that. Barbie, this picture really creeps me out a little bit too, actually. Um, but let's go on, and then we have these army guys, right? <clears throat> and my favorite was actually that guy that lays there on the floor. I don't know how many of you, that kind of brings up a memory, <coughs> excuse me, that brings up a memory, some of those toys, but it is kind of interesting to see that these are some of the top sellers. Um, I didn't put a picture up there, but the, the uh, not the Red Rider BB gun, but what's the wagon? The um, Yes, that was the number one toy that's been sold since 1922 till now. I would have thought Barbie, to be honest with you, because that's like super popular and old, but it's the wagon. So that's really kind of interesting. When I think about, you know, I just remember like these, uh, these war guys, this, these army guys here. And when I was younger, it was awesome to play war. Right? I mean, I, w I was literally, I know, I always tell more about myself than I should, but I was the guy, like, on the end of my bed, I had this, um, like, footboard. I'd put a pillow over it, and I'd put my dad's tie around it, and I'd make believe it was a horse, and I'd use, like, a crayon for my cigarette. I don't know. It was just something that I saw. And I'd shoot, like, the cap gun in my room, you know, like, those kind of things. And with the Army guys, I used to, like, set them up, and then I'd, like, take my basketball, and that was, like, the atomic bomb, and I'd throw them over there. Real big imagination, right? right? We didn't have iPhones and stuff like that. But that's what I would do, and it was all fun. Like, when we were younger, it is. It's fun to play war, right? It's, it's fun to get in battles and, and have these fights going on. But as we get older and we get out of, like, fantasy land, like, war is actually a nightmare. War can be a nightmare. Uh, and before you think that I'm going political here, we're not, let me just say that. But, but war can be a nightmare. And let me just continue on with this. When you think about war over history, in the, I think it's like, I'm a little bit away from my notes, so I apologize here, but I think it's the last uh, 5,600 years that has been recorded in history, okay? There has been 260 some years of peace, 
Out of 5,600 years of, of recorded history, there's been about 260-some years of peace. In that, there has been 3.6 billion-plus people that have died, and then there's only been a handful, like two or 800-and-some peace treaties that have been signed. So in other words, you know, war is, is something that all of us have been a part of. Like, we may have served in a war. We maybe have family members that have been in war, you know, whether it might be like Korea, Vietnam, things like that. Um, maybe somebody's serving right now. Uh, whatever that is, we've, we've all been a tie. It's, it's something that's been very much a part of our history. But that's not really the nightmare of war that I'm talking about. Some of us, we're just seeing war. I mean, war can be personal, can it? I mean, we're just, you know, some of us had a war on the way here this morning in the name of Jesus. You know, we're like having a war with the kids, swinging our arms in the back, telling them be quiet, you know, all to come and worship Jesus, right? Like, I've been there. I have three kids. I get it. Some of us, I mean, things were said, names were called. It was like, it was literally a war. Even here this morning, that can be a nightmare. Some of us have this war where we're just battling in our finances, right? Like it just seems like we're doing all the right things and all the wrong things are happening. That can be a war. Some of us are, are having a war in our marriage. It's like we're just trying to do all the right things. We're trying to have the right conversations and it just keeps going the other way. It just becomes this battle time and time and time again. It can just be a nightmare. It can leave us feeling hopeless. But it even gets more personal than that, doesn't it? Many of us before this season, many of us here this morning, maybe, maybe we're thinking about this for the first time, maybe we're, maybe we're just struggling. It's that war that's inside. We have this war that there's just this battle of, uh, of, of feelings and emotions and, and something that we just can't get away from, you know, Ju- judgmental behavior or, or just uh, 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 ill thoughts of ourselves, right? Maybe, maybe it's some kind of addiction, but it's, the, it's that battle inside. And you just don't know if you can take anymore. You just don't know if you want to take that next step with Jesus. You don't know if you want to keep on in your faith. You don't know if you want to just, you know, to be honest, if we were just totally honest and we looked in the mirror and we just told ourselves, we're just ready to throw in that white flag and just say, forget it. I can't do this anymore. I've been there. And there's also some scripture that that talks about that as well. We're really just striving for peace. And I think it's really interesting. When we look at the Christmas story in Luke 2, 14, there's these shepherds, and they're out in this field, and this angel comes. They're the first ones to hear about this coming Messiah. The, the first ones that are hearing about our Savior, Jesus, the little baby coming. They're out there, and shepherds, you got to think, I mean, I know, we see them. They're usually like nine years old on the stage doing the play, you know, with like, and they're like super cute. That's not what shepherds look like. They were actually like the smelly kids in class, you know what I mean? Like they're out with like sheep and, and pigs and all that, and like they haven't showered in a long time. It's, it's hot out there. Then they're sleeping out with their, they're sleeping out with the, the sheep under the stars. I mean, not having the best of times. And I, I, I wonder if these men if these shepherds were really feeling like, you know, I don't really have a lot of peace right now. And this is what the angel comes and says to them. Chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. Glory to God in the highest. And the word that we're really looking at there is peace. Peace. 
I mean, that's something that we all want something of. I'm sure these shepherds were thinking, man, I'd love, I'd love some peace. I'd love some peace. I'd love to not be laying out here using a, a rock for my pillow. I would love some peace. That's something that we all long for. But the question that I've just really been rattling around and, and as I'm thinking about these nightmares before Christmas is, is really this, is what if peace... Go to the next slide, please. Help me out here. <laughs> what if peace contradicts how you, how you really feel? What if peace contradicts how you really feel? What if peace contradicts how I'm really feeling inside? Because I know that this is like a joyous time of year. I know that as a local church that we're supposed to be serving, we're supposed to be generous, we're supposed to be peaceful about that. But I got this stuff stirring up inside of me. What happens when peace contradicts how we really feel. Well, I don't know if you would call this good news, but I can tell you that when we feel that way, when we feel that way, one of the biggest things that I see the enemy do, Satan, the devil, the one who's trying to seek, kill, and destroy you, the, the biggest thing that I see him do in people's lives, well, there's a few things, but one of them is just to to tell people that they have to put on a show. Clean it up. Don't be messy. This is Christmas season. Fake it until you make it. And then we just keep stuffing stuff. We put it aside and we never deal with it. And peace really starts to contradict how we're feeling. And so we wonder if we're ever going to get there. And the thing that's just incredible about God's word is that it doesn't just, you know, it's not like some kind of musician or, or, you know, like magic wand that just fixes all your problems. But boy, it's so encouraging. And to, this morning, like, I may not have an answer for you, but I certainly want to encourage you here this morning. And I want to just look through scripture at these people that were feeling the same way you do. And I want you to see how our God responds to them. I want you to see how our God responds to them. Now, I want to set this up just a little bit. We're going to be looking back uh, a ways in Isaiah, and, and he was a prophet. And in Isaiah, um, what he's doing, the, the scene here is that the God's people were actually in captivity with the Babylonians. And if you know a little bit about history, um, what happened long ago, kind of right after King Solomon, is that... Uh, that, that this whole entire uh, area was broken up into two kingdoms. There was Israel in the northern kingdom. That was made up of uh, ten tribes. And then there was Judah in the southern kingdom. It was made up of two tribes. And so the Syrians came in and they took over the northern kingdom and they kind of ran that whole thing. But then the Babylonians came in and they took captive God's people, these free people, they took captive and now, here these people are. God's people find themselves, they find themselves in this culture that they're not familiar with, serving these people that they really don't have anything in relation with and, and that, you know, they have to overcome some things of being slaves and not only that, their temple was destroyed. And see, the temple to us, like, that doesn't even make sense to us like it did to them. 
their temple being destroyed, you got to understand that this is the place, the temple was the place where they came to meet God. They were forgiven here. They would do their sacrificing here. The, the, you know, like how we talk about, you know, the church is not a building? Absolutely true. You and I are the church, which is why we need to live a life of service and generosity so people can see the church and what the church is intended to be. But these people, it was very much about a place. It was very much about ritual. It was very much about that. And this thing was destroyed. Imagine the weariness, the tiredness, and the unpeacefulness that they may have felt. And if that wasn't enough, here's the other kick in the chin. Is that it had been 70 years. 70 years that they were in captivity. Now, a lot of us in our, in our you know, things that we go through, you know, we, we're good for a little while. You know, we're, we're good in those circumstances for a little while. It's like, hey, Lord, you know, yeah, my finances are down a little bit, but, you know, they'll, you, you'll get them back up there. And, you know, the school's kind of rough, but it's just kind of a season. Like, we'll, we'll get through it. Like, we're good when things only take a little while. <clears throat> you know, that person just left me, and it hurt. But, I, I, you know, someday I'll find someone else. But what happens to us is we start, to, we start to get very untrusting and farther away from God the longer that time goes. It's kind of like, Lord, I mean, uh, you know I'm another year older and I'm still single. You know that I, I've, you know, that person left me, but that was five years ago. I haven't found anybody. And we can start to relate with these people. You know, my finances, I, for 20 years I've been trying to deal with my finances and I see nothing. These people, 70 years. And here we pick up and we start to read. You guys with me this morning? We're cooking. This is what God says to his people through the prophet. Says, comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. I just, I love that. Comfort, comfort. It, 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 you know, speak tenderly. I love the speak tenderly. And I just think of just, you know, just really quick, I just think of, you know, my daughter Ruthie. Okay, I have three kids. I have uh, Riley, the oldest, nine, Josh, seven, and Ruthie this week is turning three. It's pretty cool. But um, she is just a different personality. Okay, she's just a different personality, and you really have to know how to talk to her. Some because, like, in her world, the world is hers kind of thing, you know, I mean, like, for real. But, but I noticed early on that when I raise my voice to Ruthie, you know, like, you, you get in that moment. It, yes, I've yelled at my kids before, if anybody's just thrown back by that. But you, you have to kind of raise your voice, like, knock it off. I've told you time and time again. She, like, right away, and it's like, whoa, I wasn't even really that mad. You know, it's all good. It, she's just sensitive. She's just more sensitive than Josh and Riley are. And so you really have to kind of know how to talk to her. And I'm learning. And, and isn't it good to know? This is all I'm saying is that speaking tenderly. Listen, you know, gentlemen in here, I understand you don't like to be called out that you're sensitive, some of us. Right? And some ladies even doesn't like to be called out that, that they're sensitive. But isn't it good to know that we have a God who knows how to speak tenderly to us, knows where we're sensitive, and knows where to comfort us? I just think that that's really cool. 
And in that, you know, he goes on and he reminds us. Sorry, I'm in two Bibles here today for good reason. Um, he reminds us, he says, he says this as he continues on in verse 3. Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make straight the highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. The glory, uh, then the glory of the Lord will be revealed. So here we are. Here they are. They're in this, they're in this spot of just no peace. They're, there's this war happening. And, and it's like, what is going on? We've been in this for 70 years. And he says, something's getting ready to happen. Level the mountains. Clear the hills. Smooth out the valleys. Here we go. Something's getting ready to happen. God is getting ready to move. But then in that last verse here, in, the, in this last verse, um, where he, he says, then the glory of the Lord will be revealed. What he's saying, our response to that is, is what does it take to see what's going to happen? It takes our faith. It takes our trust. It, he's saying, listen, I know the financial situation. I know that Christmas is coming up and you're seeing like everybody out there shopping. And they, get these, they get these things for your fam, their families and you're just not really there right now. I know that you see other people's um, you know, marriages and they're flourishing and, and you're struggling in yours. I know in your addiction you feel like you're never going to be broke free of that and you're hearing about how, how I've worked in everyone else's life. <coughs> I know about that. But I'm getting ready to do something. And I know that I haven't been the God that you think I should have been. I know that I haven't answered in the past the way that you wanted me to. But get ready. Trust me when I say I'm here, I'm with you, and I am about to do something. He says, prepare the way. Get your heart right because I am getting ready to do something. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed. Building that faith. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Some of us, you know, there's, there's really two questions that we'll ask when we are um, in a struggling place. I mean, there's probably more, but these are kind of some general questions here. Number one is we're going to ask, all right, I'm in this scenario and God's asking me to have faith, but I need to know, are you powerful enough? I need to know if you're powerful enough. Like, God, is your power going to be able to get us out of this captivity? Is your power going to be able to give me that peace? Because I don't feel it, and I don't know if I believe it yet. That's a question that we ask when we get into these struggling times. And the other one is, do you even want to? I mean, really, like, do you care about me? I know, I know what your word says and all that, but I mean, like, do you? Are, are you powerful enough and do you care enough, God? We ask those questions. That's two of the things. And, and we go on to get encouraged here uh, when we're in those times. I mean, aren't we? Like, like it's like, man, God, are you, really, are you really powerful enough to do something with this prodigal child of mine that's ran away and won't listen, I can't even communicate with. 
Are you really powerful enough to deal with this illness that, that I just saw the x-rays? It's not good. Do you really care enough for me to heal my heart? Do you really care enough for me to break me free of the bondage of lust in my life? Of greed in my life, of anger? Do you care enough, God? And I love how God responds. <laughs> he just goes right to the throat of our faith. I love it. If we look in verse 12, it says, Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, or with his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket and weighed the mountains on scales and the hills in a balance? Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct, there it is, or instruct the Lord as his counselor? Who can really instruct God? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him. <laughs> I love that right there, the enlighten. Who did the, you know, sometimes, let's be honest, like, I mean, does God really need to be enlightened? Right, I mean, I'm not trying to be like sarcastic with that, but like, does God need to be enlightened? Absolutely not. Who does he really consult? He doesn't, his ways are higher than our ways. But let's be honest, I mean, I trust God, and I know that he's all powerful, I really do. I believe that. But man, there's some times where, where I just kind of want to enlighten God. You know, like when I'm having those bad weeks, when I'm living in a little bit of fear, when I'm having a little bit of doubt, I want to enlighten God. Like, God, hey, um, it's the middle of the month. I have like two weeks and I got to pay those bills. Just FYI, send it my way. Right? Like, hey, God, again, you know, I said earlier, it's like, hey, I'm, a, I'm another year older and uh, I'm still single here. God, I've been trying, you know, we, we've, been, we've been trying to have, have a baby and, and um, you know, we're, we're continuing to get older and time's going on. I'm not really sure how to approach that. Hello, just wanted to make sure you knew that. Like, like we approach God like we need to enlighten him. And he says, you know, who has measured the waters? Who does God need to consult him? In other words, he knows you. He knows you and he cares for you. Let's keep reading. Uh, we'll go down to verse 15. Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. And then jump down to 17. Before him all nations uh, are as nothing. They are regarded by him as worthless and less than nothing. Now, does that mean that he, he doesn't value nations? Absolutely not. That's not really what that's saying is. What he's talking about is the power. It's like the, the nations, like, like in other words, what you think your problem is, what you think your problem is, is not the Babylonians. Do you remember when I brought you out of captivity of like 400 years and I blessed you? Do you remember that? It's, it's not, this is not your problem. I, I want to reveal something to you, but I want you in that spot to receive you. Receive what I have for you. In other words, I want to do something in you so I can do something through you. 
And a lot of us, we can learn from that because your problem isn't what you've been thinking your problem is. God's saying, I want to do something in you. If you would just trust me, I don't need to be enlightened. I know exactly what's happening in your life. I know exactly what's happening in your heart. And I want something more for you. I want you to have life and have it to the abundance. And in order to do that, I have to make a permanent change in you. You know, one thing that I don't like to do is I don't like to like just like kind of diet like where it's like you lose like 20 pounds in a month because I end up gaining like 35 the next month kind of thing, right? It's like I want a diet that you just kind of, eh, you just kind of gradually go down and it stays off. And I really think that's what God wants to do with us. Sometimes like rapid change isn't permanent change. I'm not saying that he doesn't do that. He has the power to do that, of course. But sometimes we've been in this season to, to learn something, to grow in some way, and he wants to do something in us. And, and it's like, where are we looking at our problem before we look at him? And we put our trust in him, the one who has measured the waters, the ones who have balanced, right? The one, our creator, the one who knows you inside and out. He wants to do something in you before he can do something through you. Can you put up the next slide here, Sarah? Thank you. Let's go to the next one. Yes, this, do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? He just continues to go on and encourage us in this. I know you've been feeling that way. To whom can you compare me? I'm God. You don't need to enlighten me. Right? Do you not know? Have you not heard? <laughs> Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Man, I'll tell you what, this right here just reminds me of parenting. One of my favorite phrases right now, I never thought I'd be this guy. Sometimes, I mean, parents, don't you just like hate it when you see yourself being like the parent that you just didn't want to be? And my phrase right now is, tell me what I just told you. Right? Like, I, you know, I just kind of like stand there like, tell me, I want to hear you say what I just told you. And you want to know what the answer is 99.9999% of the time? And it's the same with Pastor Tim. Um, it's, I don't know. Right? From your kids, it's like, hey, I told you not to go grab a cookie because mom's making dinner. And then they grab a cookie and you're looking at them and you're like, ah, tell me what I just told you. Remind me that you know what I told you. And it's always, you know, I don't know. And I know that that's kind of like a funny analogy, but that's really what's happening here with God is he's like, haven't you heard this? I mean, has it not been told you from the beginning that, that I created this place for you to live in fulfillment and sin entered the world and it broke that? And this entire time I've been trying to, trying to reconcile you so that you can have fulfillment haven't you been told that? Don't you remember my promise in Jeremiah where I said that I have plans for you, plans not to, pro or not to harm you but to prosper you, plans of a good future? You can put your faith in that. Don't you remember when I said I, I, I knew every hair on your head even when you were in your mom's womb? Don't you remember that I said even when you were my enemies, I died on a cross for you because I loved you so much? Don't you remember that when you put your faith in me, when you put your trust in me, that nothing's impossible for God? Don't you remember that when you were weak, I am made strong? Don't you remember, has it not been told to you? 
Has it not been told to you? I know you're going through a nightmare. But you have to understand, I'm God. And I've promised you. You've seen it happen in your life. Trust that again. The Babylonians are not your problem. Put your trust in me. I want to do something through you. And he continues on and of course, I'm, a, I, I'm embarrassed by this. I'm sorry. Let's go to the next one. Oh, yeah. So he just continues on, you know, have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. And as I, as I read the circle of the earth right there, I'm thinking, Christopher Columbus should have just, like, read this verse and it would have been all good, you know? Like, the earth is round, we're good to think. Oh, let's move on to the next. And here it is. Here's your reminder. This is what I love about the word of God. This is what I love about the Word of God. Because he doesn't just, you know, write it down. He gives us some tangible things that we can do to build our faith and some reminders. It's it's just awesome to me what he says in verse 26. He, He says, lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of these? He who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great, what, power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. In other words, now now I'm not going to go too crazy here because I don't want to get myself in trouble. But I just think it's awesome that our creator, he says, you know what, step outside and I want you to look at the stars. I know that on earth here you, you probably feel like you're kind of small and maybe insignificant. But I put... This entire universe, I put these galaxies here with just a word to remind you of my might and my power and to show you that not even one of them is being missed. And so how much more important are you? How much more important do I love you? How much more important do I want to help you? How much more important do I want to do something in you? How much more do I want to use you? Because those are just a reminder of my power and who I am. When's the last time you looked up to the sky and just worshiped God? I love it. Even on a cloudy day. The snowflakes, all these things. I mean, it's, isn't that cool that we have this God that puts this universe around us to remind us of his power and his might? It's just awesome. Awesome. And we continue on in, in verse uh, 27. It says, why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my, ways, or my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. Amen. This verse gets me pumped. He will not grow tired or weary. Our God, nothing occurs to God. He doesn't need to be enlightened And he's not going to get tired or weary. He's not over with you. You haven't done anything so great that you're so far away from him. He is right here. He's just saying, look up. Remember the stars. Not one of them is missing. And neither are you. Care deeply for you. And his understanding no one can fathom. It's okay. I hear a lot of people like, man, I just, I'm reading this. I don't get it. Listen, it takes time. Baby steps are powerful. You don't have to get the whole big picture right now. Understand that God loves you. He cares for you. He wants to do something in you. 
He loves you right where you are, but he doesn't want to leave you where you are. He's taking you somewhere. He's doing something through you. He has a purpose for you. His word says so. That's not just me thinking it or trying to be nice. It's just true. And here you guys have probably seen this on some bumper stickers, maybe a, a calf tattoo, something like that. But it says, um, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. You ever feel weak at this time of year? You don't have to raise your hand. He wants to increase your strength. He wants to increase your power. He wants to, he wants to fill you with something. Who can fathom the spirit of God? Tom. Oh, you. <laughs> right here it says, even youths grow tired and weary. So even those young guys out there, those young girls out there that seem like they have all this energy, even they get tired. Even they get weary. Right? It's, it's going to happen. Other scriptures say, you know, be careful when you think you stand because you're about ready to fall at that time. In other words, it's just like this is life. Life is tough, and God knows that. And it might not be the Babylonians, and it might not be a marriage, it might not be fi uh, uh, finances, it might not be um, kid trouble, it might not be job trouble, Right? But there's going to be times where life comes and it smacks you in the face and it tries to take away that peace. Just saying it happens to all of us. The best. It happens to the best. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. Check this out. But those who hope, trust, put their faith in the Lord, will renew their strength. <laughs> Merry Christmas. There's a gift for you. Renew your strength. They will, look at this, soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I love these three examples because, listen, there is times in life where you just feel like you're soaring. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's just things are going really good. It usually lasts for like a short period of time because that's not really life. I think there's a lot of people out there that are looking for a life where you're just soaring the whole time, but it's just not life. I mean, there is those times. There's those times of celebration. There's those times that, that just feel like nothing can go wrong. But then there's other times where you just feel like you're running, and I don't know about you, but I can run from like here to the door, and that's about all I want to do. Running's tiring. It's exhausting. You can't catch your breath. You start getting cramps. You sweat. Your pace slows down. Running is life. It's tiring. But then what I love about our God is he's not just there in the times where we're soaring, and he's not only there when we're just struggling and we're running through life and we're having these difficulties, but he's there all the time, even when we're walking. Because that's everyday life. It's just this walking. It's, it's the alarm goes off, you go out to school or work, same stresses are there, the, the same bills are coming in month to month, week to week, whatever that might be. You're, you're sleeping next to the same person or you're, you're looking for somebody to, to be in a relationship with. You know, you, you kind of have the daily problems. Maybe you deal with anxiety or some depression. Like those things are walking through life. I just love to know that our God 
is with us in all areas of life. When you're soaring and things are just wonderful, he's still going to renew your strength. When you're, when you're running and you feel like you've been running for years and years and years, what he's saying is, listen, I'm ready to do something. But I want to do something in you first. Just turn your eyes to me. Look at those stars and remember who I am in your life. There's going to be an end to it. That's my promise. There's going to be an end to it. There's hope. But I also just want to live life with you. I just want to walk through life with you. And as I do that, I, I just want you to not grow faint. That's what I want to be here for. I want, I want to be strong when you are weak. I want to carry you when you can't walk. This is the relationship that I desire with you. That's God. That's God. And some of us say, well, like, how? I get it, Josh. Like, that's cool, but like, how? How does he provide that for us? Well, after that was written about 800 years later, a little baby comes in a major. And that's what this Christmas season is all about. It's to celebrate the one that we can, we can love, we can worship, we can trust, we can have a relationship with. His name is Jesus. Because Christmas reminds us that Jesus came in human form as a baby. But Jesus didn't just stay this little seven pound, five ounce baby Jesus, whatever he weighed. He is an all-powerful man that took on the cross the wages that you and I deserve, death in our sin. He died willingly because he wanted to get you out of that captivity. And the gift that he brings to you is by putting your faith in him, it's eternal life. It's better than anything we can experience here. Thank God. It's just the joy of knowing that we have something in him. Eternal life. That's something to think about. We have to consider that in our lives. If you never have, I strongly suggest you just think about that. If you guys wouldn't mind, if you, if you want to stand with me, I just want to pray with you. I would say read Isaiah 40 this week. Just let it kind of wash over you and just your heart. See what God has for you. Thanks for being here this morning. Thanks for being a local church that's generous enough to where we can step out of these walls out of these Sundays and we can do something for our community in the name of Jesus and love. I'm so excited that I get to be a part of a church that's actually doing something and not just talking about it. Thank you for that. Thank you for being a church that wants to grow and know Jesus more, wants to challenge your heart, doesn't just want to stay in captivity but wants to trust the one that can give us the strength through it. And I just want you to know as you are in that moment, some of you that maybe are struggling in that peace area, there's nobody in this room that can pull you out of that. It's only the name of Jesus. It's only him. But you know that you have a pastor and a church family that's praying for you and wants to be close to you. It's not just a place to come on Sunday. We want to lock arms with you and we want to live life. It takes a long time to build relationships where you can trust, and we get it. Trust has been tattered in this room here even. 
teachers, politicians, family. We've all been hurt. But when we come together and we share common heart, common mind, and we can love one another the way that Jesus calls us to do, it is so worth it. I just love being your pastor. Just know you're loved here this morning. Let me pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your word. I just love that you're a God that you realize. It's like it doesn't occur to you that life is hard for us as human beings. It doesn't surprise you that we have troubles in life and that it's difficult. In fact, you tell us like that's the way it's going to be. But you say that we should take heart because you've overcome this world and we can trust in that. Lord, I just pray for the ones in here today that are struggling and trusting you as they've been in this captivity. And it's been years for some of us. Some of us has been just a couple months, but some of us it's actually been years. Lord, I just pray that they would, they would put a trust in you. I pray that your spirit would do what you can only do and renew them and give them strength and give them hope so that they can take another step, that they can walk into another week and just be, have another opportunity to grow close to you. Have another opportunity to tell somebody about you. Have another opportunity to to live generously in your name so that somebody else may see who you are and get to know you in the way that we all desperately need to know you. Lord, I pray for the marriages in this church that they would start to be strengthened up and that, that their eyes would be focused on you and that you would just naturally, your spirit would draw them close together, that you would break down the anger, that you would break down the confusion, that you would break down the barriers of communication and you, and you would free that up so that we can start seeing people come together in the name of Jesus and have success in their marriage the way that you have called us to have. I pray that people start trusting you in their finances and that they will allow you to do what you have been wanting to do for many, many years in their life and that they will just do what you are asking them to do in their finances so that it can be a blessing and not a curse anymore. I pray that we see victory in prodigal sons and daughters that have ran away from you, Jesus. We need you. We need to see you. We need your strength. We're running through life, Lord, and it's hard. We're weary. We come to you and we just celebrate this season. We celebrate who you are, that you are Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you. We're lost without you. Lord, help us repent where we need to repent. Help us to walk into that life with you. We love you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bring somebody to church, 10 a.m. right here. God bless. Thanks again for listening to the Engaged Church Duluth podcast. If you enjoy learning with us and want to be notified when a new episode drops, subscribe to this podcast in iTunes and help us get the word out by rating us there. And then share us on social media with all of your friends. And don't forget, you can find more resources on our website and even watch the video version of this message. We can't wait to connect with you again next week.